Okay, welcome to Living in Freedom. This is week 10. This is the final week. Yay! Celebration. Yay! <laughs> I should have balloons up here. Okay, this is the week joy. I used to end on um, lies. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I used to end on lies. Like, that's what I closed it out. I was so, like, it was so intense. Everything I did was super intense. So I'd make them all go into a small group and talk about all the lies they believe. And then I'd be like, peace out. <laughs> Living in freedom. This last week. <laughs> We're done. And then I was like, oh, maybe that should change. We're going to soften, soften this. I've been doing so good at softening things. So. Then I realized, let's end on joy. I started making a celebration. So people that were doing the small group, if you are leading a small group, um, usually I had lots of, um, we had desserts and we did communion. And then I just talked on the subject of joy because joy is such a huge, crazy, uh, crazy, crazy testimony topic in my own life of the, the journey of joy. But my middle name is Joy. And the crazy thing is, is that um, when I was six years old, I changed my middle name to Jane, and I just hated I hated Joy, or Seven. So it's kind of crazy because it had to do with the time around my mom committed suicide. I had no idea that that was, like, why I did it. But later in the years of my life, I had an inner healing thing that, re- that they took me back and realized that that change of the name had to do with the fact of the beginning of my life where Joy was taken and that Joy was actually a gift God had given me. And if you guys know prophetically what names mean, like, that was something the enemy wanted to steal. And so when I got older, um, my license would say joy. And I remember being in um, rehab after my sister died, and this guy asked me what my middle name was, and I said joy. And he goes, (laughs) he's like, that's crazy. You're the most depressed person I've ever met. And he's like, I can't even believe that's your middle name. I became so ashamed, so embarrassed, and nobody would know what my middle name was. So I tell everybody it was Jane. So when I became a hairstylist, there was a girl who was another hairstylist, and her name was Farah. And they were like, well, we don't want them to be confused by it. We're going to make your name Sarah Joy. And I was like, this is like my biggest nightmare, that people are going to have to call me Sarah Joy, like absolutely humiliating to me. So they made me make business cards. I went by Sarah Joy, and I remember that the guy that I worked with in the hair salon would make fun of me. They joke people because I was not joyful. And he'd be like, Joy, that's such a joke. Like, I was clowned for my middle name, like, hardcore. It was a humiliating thing for me, like, humiliating. So I never wanted people to ever know because I'm like, it's, like, embarrassing. And people would be like, that's, like, the last thing that you are. So you can imagine when I got my eyes open to what the enemy stole from me, I wanted to blast joy all over the place. So that's why I named the ministry Joy and Hope Restored. It's why I put on everything Sarah Joy. I do it on purpose. I'm smacking the devil in the face is the purpose of it. Because I started to learn, wow, that war on my life started at seven years old. Seven years old, the enemy tried to take from me something that I absolutely had I had no idea the value and power of what joy is. And then as I got older, I started to think, well, a lot of people in church, they want to think joy is happiness. It's not happiness. Happiness can move and change. The real, true, sustainable joy of Christ is something that's unmovable, the true joy. And so for like example, when people drunk in the spirit, that people have such like an issue of understanding and just think it's not right. That is a joy that is supernatural hits people. And until you experience what that is, you don't understand it. It is a feeling that you can't even explain what drugs are or counterfeit to that. Because drugs counterfeit this feeling that it's like you're not even in the natural realm. Everything's just great and funny. 
Everything's just okay in that moment. That's, that's a feeling from Jesus, because I've seen people in a really, really bad place get hit by the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, everything is super freaking funny. <laughs> Everything's funny. Like last night, I was telling, I think I, I may have told a couple of you guys that last night, it would be one at our church. I said a joke that wasn't that funny. It was, it was kind of funny, but it wasn't that funny. And me and Noel, we could not stop laughing. We distracted the prayer. I got dirty looks from the new guy. And we just, we kept laughing, laughing, laughing. And it was completely like a spirit of joy, like the Holy Spirit in the room, tangible, that just was releasing this like, this like, uh, it's just this goodness. It's this goodness. It's this place of where, man, everything over here might look bad, but man, he looks good. <laughs> like, the God, Jesus looks good. It's that, it's that sense that it, it rises you above the natural. Because what drugs did, Xanax did, speed did, cocaine did, all those things. Anybody who has experience with the thing that rises you above the natural, for some people it's not drugs. It's anything. A lot of people get their high from the opposite sex. What do you think of the female or the male that goes from woman to woman to man to man to man? It's a drug, isn't it? The passion of a relationship. It rises you up. It would feel like it's joy. No, no, that's an elevated part of your soul that takes you to this place to make you feel good. What happens? It crashes. It crashes. Why? Because you're placing a happiness and a value in a person. The joy of the Lord, it's so above it. It's a fruit. It's a fruit that's so above the mind. It's so above the soul that you can be in complete tragedy, complete confusion. Everything can be hitting the fan, not making sense. Yet when that joy comes, doesn't matter. <laughs> Everything's super funny. Oh my gosh, I remember getting hit. Like, okay, so I was not, this is a funny thing. I was super conservative in a really conservative church, church, but I started experiencing power by myself in my 20s, and none of my friends experienced this type of stuff. So no, I had no gauge. I wasn't talking to anybody, getting a filter of what it was. No, I would get hit by the power of God by myself in like, Wherever I, wherever I was. So I actually experienced being drunk of the spirit in my 20s, having no idea what that even meant. And I remember I just would be busting up laughing. Like, and I didn't even know what was happening. I'd feel like totally high in the whole, and my life was like tragedy. I was experiencing these things. I get like a glimpse of it. The craziest time I ever had this joy come on me and, and show me what the mind of Christ of joy for the spirit was. This is a crazy example. I was about to release the very first abide, and it was co-ed. It was my first co-ed thing. I was going into full panic because it was bigger than I had had any class, and it was men showing up, and I had pure anxiety that God was taking me into this. Like, I'm not married. I'm single. I don't know how to do this, and I was dealing with so much torment. And I couldn't, it was so bad, I had to keep headphones in my ears when I was home in, the, in my apartment because my torment leading up to this class was making me like insane. And just in the spirit realm, I'm about to go train on spiritual warfare. So let's just say I, I battled some stuff, okay? I've always battled some stuff, but some stuff came at me, messing with me. And the Holy Spirit hit me so hard. And all of a sudden, everything in my life was hilarious. And I remember I fell and I had headphones in my ears. And some people, you, my cat is probably like, my cat probably thinks I'm a nut. That's the only, only one person is my cat sees the crap that I do. Because if anybody else was in the apartment with the stuff that happens to me, my cat just sits off to the side. <laughs> there she goes again. Joey, my poor cat, Joey. He witnesses all of this. <laughs> so <laughs> I dropped. I, I totally remember I was outside in my kitchen. I literally fell, dropped to the ground, and I remember crying. But all of a sudden, I started cracking up at the death of my mom, 
the death, I know, this is crazy, the death of my sister, and I was hearing and seeing the angel's point of view of my life. And then I heard in the spirit, God say, nothing was stolen from you. Your mom is here. Your sister is here. That man could never touch you. Your life is joy. And I saw his perspective of my life and me going in and about to train spiritual warfare. I'm about to go in and teach the church, teach his people. And the enemy thought he could torment me. And God hit me like a ton of bricks. He's like, your life is funny. It's good. It's joy. Nothing can touch you. And I was on the ground hysterically laughing. And I was seeing my mom and I was hearing him say, it's, you were never taken from. Nothing was taken from you. I have everything. And I was cracking up. I was literally in a ball rolling around hysterically laughing. I've never had that since happened. Never had had it before. But all I can tell you is that's God's joy. His eyes, his eyes on our life, having those eyes where trauma is not trauma, tragedy is not tragedy, pain and rejection is not rejection because you can't be touched by somebody who doesn't own you. We're owned, we're purchased. The enemy can't steal my mom, she's in heaven. The enemy can't steal my sister, she's in heaven. He couldn't touch it. Yet the whole time living up to that place, I was teaching the devil stole her. The devil stole her. Here's what the devil stole. The devil stole my mindset of God through her death. That's what was stolen from me. That's what was stolen from me. She was not stolen from me. Will you get that perspective that certain things were not stolen from you when you get to know him through it? When you get to know him through it, our victim mindset will change. And I laid on that ground, man, and I remember I had visited Oklahoma not long after that, and the pastor called me up, and I started speaking, and I start sharing just death, like what happens in death, saying like something coming over me. And I was like, the enemy can't steal the way we think he can. Now, some people think that I'm preached that the enemy steals, steals, steals. No, the enemy steals the way we see God. I always say that. Strongholds come from the way we see God. It comes from our mind. It's where the devil comes in. He's a thief. But can he steal to the level that we believe when we're in him? No, when you're in him. A lot of people, you're not living in him. When you're not living in him, then you have a purse that is hanging over here and the thief will snatch it. And the, the, the belief is off. And I'm like, man, the eyes, the eyes of, of Christ, that joy, when that joy smacks people, it's the best thing that can happen, right? Like some of you know that my personality, I'm not one that just lets it go and acts stupid. So if you see me act stupid, it's probably really funny because it's not normal. And you have to know that that's Jesus because I don't just like let go of control. And a lot of the ways that I pressed and learned how to tap into this supernatural joy. It's not just a way to teach on it. There's not just a way to teach on this joy. It has to be experienced. It has to be experienced. It has to be entered into where you tap into something you've never experienced before. But what happens, what happens if we don't ever believe that that's accessible to us, that that's for us? One thing that took me to a place to tap into what true joy was, was letting go what people thought about me. Because the foolishness that came when that true joy hit me, the natural mind can't comprehend it. Who are we to judge when God may be touching somebody and releasing a joy they never felt in a way that doesn't make sense? Who are we to judge? We don't know what's happening for them. And I just remember, like, when I let go of caring, caring what people thought, caring what my experience with God looked like, that joy became so much more accessible. 
how was I okay to be like a crackhead and doing all these drugs and not caring about my dignity then? But all of a sudden, around the church people, I care about what it's like to experience joy. Because true joy is going to make you undignified. <laughs> you won't be dignified under that joy. I was laughing at the death of my mom and sister. You think that looked dignified? You think that looked dignified? The mind and the eyes of Christ that rise above the natural is going to be undignified because it's going to be foolish to the natural. It's not going to make sense what you have joy about. It will not make sense. Your psychiatrist will tell you, oh, no, <laughs> you need to work through that. That's okay. So if you sit there and bust up that that's not a problem for you anymore because you got the eyes and the, and the mind of joy over it, it replaces everything else, right? Instant inner healing, instant freedom, instant deliverance. What happens in that? That's a sovereign, sovereign work of God. God will come in and all these things that I'm trying to combat and deal with with your open doors, let Jesus come in and drop like a, a drop of joy on you. That'll take care of everything I said in the last message. It's finished. It's wiped off when you get to learn that. You get to experience that with him. And when you see people laid out laughing and cracking up, man, when people would get so judgmental of what that experience, and sometimes it's not even this laughter that we see. Sometimes it's an elevated emotion. An elevated emotion that you rise above something the way you see it. It no longer affects you that same way because you have these eyes that went up here. It's a height, heightened perspective. What is it that um, your, uh, your, your, everybody's perspective is their rea reality, is it, right? Like you, the way you, you see something, that's your reality. What happens when Jesus's way of seeing something is your reality? Because it's a reality that, that it's not reasonable. What happens when that shifts? Because how many people live in a place that the, the way they see it is a reality to them that keeps them like not happy, <laughs> Like, not good. Not, not where you can just have this, like, feeling. The craziest thing that I experienced with the anointing, any time that I'm going to step into, especially here, coming here, doing ministry, just coming into this location, what we're doing here, joy starts hitting me. I start feeling elevated before I get here. I'll have it sometimes when I'm talking to certain people that we're getting hit, like the Holy Spirit, there's a, just something starts elevating me, meaning, like, I start having this, this feeling of, like, whoo, I don't care. <laughs> Nothing matters. Like, it's just, like, a weird feeling. I don't care. Like, it's like, all of a sudden, I'm nice. I was super annoyed, like, 20 minutes ago, and I feel really friendly now. And I've noticed, I'm like, oh, Jesus, are you just making me friendly for my ministry? Or I feel like it's, like, the, it's this anointing of joy. It's his presence. I could be in a really bad place, man, and I come around, things that he's moving, and all of a sudden, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling different. Joy is hitting me. What's happening? There's something happening in the spirit realm where the heaviness of darkness is disappearing. Your mind is getting higher. It's getting higher. And so I want to like close this entire thing for people to walk into this and walk out, out of living in freedom with choosing to want to know a perspective that's not reasonable, that's going to look at death and laugh. Your happiness isn't going to do that. Your, your relationships aren't going to do that. That's only, the, that's only the mind of Christ. That's only the anointing. That's only his power that can do that. But if we're not open to it and we want to sit in our pretty little pews and we want to look dignified and we want to be good, we don't want to know it. Why don't you get alone with God and ask to know it? I got to experience it alone with God. I still do. That's for us. The church has that. We don't have to go somewhere to get with God. He's in us. So when we realize that by yourself, in your car, alone with Jesus, you can have an encounter with him. 
a supernatural encounter in the intimacy, but when there's darkness in the soul and there's heaviness in your life and your heart and your mind, man, you're going to have to break through it. Breaking through that can be painful. It took years. I always, couldn't, I always had encounters and encounters, but I had times where seasons that there was so much stuff being stirred up in me that to get into straight encountering in his presence had to go through a lot of turning the soil upside down because entering into his presence where it's like walking in the spirit, you instantly are in it. Um, if there's stuff that's hardened in your heart, you're going to have to go through the hardening to get out of it. But there is a sovereign anointing on things where people have to go into somewhere like this come into an environment that it's so tangible that it will hit you. But you need to take it home. You need to take the joy home. You need to take the experience home. This needs to be something that's in our day-to-day life. All of it does. But to get through those walls, that's what living in freedom, the purpose of it, the curriculum of it, is exposing and breaking through the walls to get to this place, to get to the place of joy. So there's nothing in the curriculum, no homework. Everybody who's watching this and doing this, you're going to be, if you're in a small group, you guys should pray for an impartation of joy um, to be released with you. And so I'm just going to close in prayer because we're going to have a joy party. (laughs) Dear Jesus, God, I just ask that your presence, your power of joy, that there would be just like an impartation anointing that is on this video, God, that people that watch this, Lord, that they would just get touched by your spirit that joy would just be released, Father, that they would have eyes that rose above their natural eyes, that rose above the natural, Father, that they were able to see things in the Spirit, God. We thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for everything that you've done through this series and in these people's lives, God. I hand everything to you and your Son. In your name, amen.